You've seen those movies where they say, make my day, or I'm your worst nightmare. Well, listen to this one. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. Ha! You didn't know I'm gonna say that, did you? Your move, creep. Everybody, and welcome to an episode of the Film Feast podcast. I am your host, Matt Bledsoe. And this week we are talking about Batman Mask of the Phantasm from 1993. Uh, and to help me talk about it, uh, making his long awaited return to the podcast, it's my friend, Ken Walker. Ken, how you doing? I'm doing very well, and I'm really happy to be back for, the, back for this one. I was actually thinking, and I think I mentioned this to you. Um, it, it's it's a good for me to make a return with this one because the very first episode of Film Face, we talked about our favorite Batman. Well, we ranked all the Batman movies. And after watching this, I kind of feel like we should have included this one. Yeah, we could talk about that. Uh, <laughs> I thought about that too. Um, we've come full circle on the Batman stuff. So this will also, also be the final episode of Film Feast. I'm kidding. It's, it's <laughs> well, I'm also, I, 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 I want to say, I think it's... Uh, uh, it, it's neat to be on the very first episode of Film Feast where we're talking about an animated movie. Yes, I was going to mention that too. Good call. I, I probably would have forgotten, actually. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think we've ever dedicated a whole episode to an animated movie. So this gets the uh, the privilege. Batman's just all the first for us. First episode, first animated movie. Um, I will say now, uh, we're going to talk about the new The Batman with Robert Pattinson in about a mm-hmm. month. Uh, you'll be back for that. Apparently, you're only talking Batman movies from now on. <laughs> That's just, yeah, I guess so. But I mean, he's my favorite, so. Right, listen, same here. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, the funny thing about, so we're, we're going to skip the whole what have you seen lately uh, bit this week, I think, because we talked about it beforehand and you didn't have a lot to talk about. I didn't have a lot to talk about. Um, so we were just like, eh, let's skip it. So I'll just, so this episode. Yes, yes, Spider-Man No Way Home was great. Right, right. <laughs> and I'm sure, like, People of those fresh takes, know that. Yeah, you just brought in two month old groceries with that opinion. <laughs> oh like, yeah, I know. Hey everybody. Well, I mean, like we said, like we said, it's been it's been a while. Yeah, <laughs> been a while. I can't. Damn it, I'm stealing. I don't want to steal another podcast bit, but it's at this. Whenever anyone says it's been a while because they have this movie, I have to go. It's been a while. Like I have to do the stain <laughs> song. Um, so I'm sure everyone's familiar with that. <laughs> but uh, it has been a very long time. Uh, for you since you've been here. Um. Was that October, the Creep Show episode? Uh, we did that one, and also I was on with uh, Lindsay Wilkins talking about the, oh, the, right. Right the trio of part, part three horror movies. Yes, that was right after. So it like kind of blurred together into one thing, <laughs> as, mm-hmm. as most of these podcast episodes have become uh, blurred together. But uh, this, the Batman Mask of the Phantasm, this has been kicked around for a long time, I believe. And we paired it up. I think the original idea was to talk about this and... Uh, into the Spider Verse. Uh, I think so, yeah. Because we were like, "Oh, those are like two of the best animated movies of all time." Let's talk about those. And uh, and 
I this one I feel like it, they both can have their own episode. I think we'll do a Spider Man and the Spider Verse at some point because that movie is fantastic. I could say a lot about it. Um, the funny thing was, it, so this idea kicked around for a while, and this kind of kicked off. Uh, it sparked because Robert Pattinson was quoted recently as saying mm-hmm. that he, I guess, really enjoys Mask of the Phantasm <laughs> and thinks it's one of the best. I don't know if he said it was the best or one of the best Batman interpretations um, that he's seen, but I saw that quote and I was like, all right, Pattinson, you, you get it. Uh, he's like, I think, so, I think yeah. specifically um, uh, the thing you really liked that he said, uh, and I agree is he said that this is the movie that really captures what a curse it is to be Batman. And it does. I had forgotten because it's been, I don't know, I've, a few years since I've seen this. Um, yeah. But I one don't want to like, yeah, no, sorry. <laughs> one of those movies that I put on and I think, oh, I haven't seen this in a while. And then I remember like every single beat of the movie <laughs> as I'm watching it. I'm like, oh yeah. And this happens and this happens and this line. And, but you know, like I, I've watched it so many times, especially when I was younger. Um, so yeah, it, but it, I had forgotten how, yeah, it, I mean, we'll get into it a lot, but it really does capture this, like the curse of being Batman. Um, yeah. So yeah, you go ahead. What you were going to say. <laughs> Well, I was just going to say, and I don't want to like, I, I don't want to dive into this too quickly, but I'll just go ahead and say the line that really captures what a curse is for to be Batman. And, um, you know, for anyone who may not have seen this one, pretty much it's, uh, it's, it's in the Batman and the animated series universe, first of all. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sort of, it goes back and forth in time to, you know, when he was in a relationship with this lady, Andrea Beaumont, and now when there's this mysterious figure, the the Phantasm, who's sort of cutting in on Batman's territory and going after criminals more aggressively. But there's a, re- there's a scene where he's at his parents' grave as he's dating this woman, and this really captures that whole curse of being Batman, and he says, I didn't expect things to be this way. I didn't count on being happy. Yes. And it's like, oh, jeez. <laughs> That was the line that this time, I mean, I've heard, you know, heard the line many times. For some reason, this time it hit differently. And I was like, oh my God, this is it right here. Like, that's, uh, it's the, uh, it, I, I don't know. I don't want to say because it it's like, I was thinking, this animated movie d- gets into the psychology of Batman better than any, I think, live action movie. And he's like pleading at his parents' graves, asking them to hopefully be proud of him and all that he has done. And it's, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, it was the, it, this was the saddest viewing experience of Mask of the Phantasm for sure. I'm like, man, there is a like real sadness to this because I think we always think of like and Batman is like really cool and badass and he has a plan for everything and can, you know, he can do it, you know, even though he has no powers, he can do whatever. But like when you get down to the core of it, it's like, no, no, this guy is has deep rooted problems and is a very sad He's probably uh, hating his life, honestly. Right. I, I mean, yeah, I, we've gotten away, I think, more from like tortured Batman to like, oh, just cool, like loner, you know, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, um, and that scene at his parents' grave, I and mean, we, we, we can jump right in, it's fine. Uh, and there will be spoilers, obviously, for Mask of the Phantasm. But uh, yeah, that scene, I was like, this just captures Batman in a way that like nothing else I that I've seen 
portrayed has. And like, I was thinking it's so he's playing to his parents who didn't ask him to do this. Obviously, <laughs> you know, he's saying like, yeah. let me, you know, let me be happy. And it's like, if they could talk to you, they'd probably say, Bruce, knock this shit off. We like, never told you to do yeah, this. We never you told put you to do this. You put this on yourself, buddy. Yeah. That's that's the part where I'm like, man, I wish this boy got therapy when he was younger because I don't think, unless it's in a comic I've missed, I don't think Bruce Wayne got sent to uh, any therapy sessions after watching his parents murdered in front of him. But it it might have helped uh, is what I was thinking because then he puts this on himself for his whole life and uh, yeah. can't allow himself to be happy. Thinks he has to do this for his parents who you know obviously never told him to do it. And I just was like, man, this uh, it's. It, I mean, they're the crazy thing. And this has been said many many times. This and the show are like, obviously they were aimed at children. It was an animated cartoon that came on during the week and the weekends and it was aimed at children and had toys, but like does not, I don't feel like ever like brings itself down or tries to pander or talk down to kids. Like it handles everything this way of like no no we're not going to play down the material just because it's aimed at children <laughs> like no you gotta... it's really it's really yeah. smart and mature in that way and also when, now that we're on that topic i'll go ahead and say batman doesn't do any killing but as i recall in the animated series itself no one really got killed on screen because you know it was a children's show this movie people are dying and like it's nothing <laughs> Batman doesn't kill anyone, but people are dying all over the place. Oh yeah, uh, Phantasm, or they're killing mobsters left and right. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that's true. I don't can't. I'm trying to think. I, I feel like people being killed had to have been implied. Of course, now that I'm saying this, and I've seen the show many times too, and I watched it religiously as a kid. Uh, I feel like it must have been implied. I mean, the show was pretty dark, mm-hmm. like, and got some heat. I think, but it, it kind of stayed. It, I think they kind of stayed away from like sensors they even got to shoot real guns with bullets which was like unheard of at the time and well I, yeah <laughs> and, and, and well i do want to say did you ever watch um you can find them on youtube i think they were on like dvds of the anime series when it came out but uh it's just sort of like the arkham files talking about each of the villains in the show have you ever seen those does not sound familiar i don't think i've seen those okay well it's all the people like bruce tim and like all the people that were the creators of this show and one of them specifically says yeah the joker in our show couldn't kill people because it was a children's television show and they said so instead they had uh he like gives them this creepy joker smile which in its own way is almost worse isn't it (laughs) but but yeah yeah, but they make mention that like i guess the joker even like didn't really kill anyone in the animated series Uh, yeah see as a kid i always I don't think I knew what was going on because yeah, he would do this thing. There was an episode with fish. I remember uh, where yes. he like poisoned fish. And, and we've agreed. We're going to talk about our favorite episodes at the end of this. Yeah. We, we can't separate the show from the movie. So this is going to turn into a Batman, the animated series feast at some point. Yes. <laughs> like, TV feast. T- yes. Um, TV feast. As I, I think I joked about last time with Mitch when he was on. Um, yeah. So but it's there was an episode of like fish like the laughing fish i think it was called and everyone not everyone got a lot of people got them um it seemed like they were dead or poisoned they, they get this like permanent smile stuck on their face and as a kid i was i think i was questioning like wait they seemed very dead that's why it's like I've been yeah killed exactly them? like the implication was that they'd been killed. i mean the smilex killed people in the uh in the tim burton movie right yeah i mean the show pushed it i don't really know how they got away with some of this stuff because like yeah like i was saying i i heard this explanation for what i cannot remember right now that that 
originally they didn't want them like the you know no one's supposed to be using actual guns with bullets because everybody was using like lasers like gi joe always shot blue and red lasers and i think on yeah, the same with uh same with teenage mutant ninja turtles right and there was a spider-man cartoon that came after batman in the 90s that they shot lasers in that as well everyone was shooting lasers because it was like you know yeah also not not to get too off topic but apparently did you know in that spider-man series spider-man wasn't allowed to punch people and so and it's weird <laughs> knowing that because if you go back and watch that spider-man series he never like punches anyone i thought did they have to just cut away or like because I, I maybe I think they they couldn't show the impact like he could yeah I, that could be it they had I because I it was funny because it's uh my roommate was actually just just rewatching the Spider-Man cartoon on Disney Plus and I came in and I was noticing like how uh, I really loved that Spider-Man cartoon uh but it's way more um uh chaotic than Batman animated series like it's more like snappy and fast paced and fast moving. I felt like someone was getting punched and they would just flash a white screen every time that there's going to be impact. I feel like they just cut away. Um, I'm not sure. Like, I don't know. Batman felt like it was playing with a different set of rules. and I don't know how they got away with it. Um, I know there's a video on this, but I cannot remember like a history of the Batman animated series. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, they definitely had Anyways. rules. The FCC was coming down on cartoons after the eighties. Like, um, could do certain things but i mean the show did not suffer i mean it, it was very mature and it, that's why the, this movie the show still hold up i think if you watch it now yep. as an adult because they never were playing down to kids like um as much as i love the 90s x-men cartoon and the 90s spider-man cartoon that came after batman those are pitched a little more i feel like to kids because they're they're more um they're snappier there. I feel like they're more like, don't lose your attention, like fast move, you know? Yeah. And like Batman always like it was taking its time. I felt, you know, and uh, was just, absolutely, it, it was, yeah. it was on a different level. I mean, yeah. And, and like the, the movie is, uh, and we can talk about this now, the history of the movie is interesting to me and very strange. Like, cause this is supposed to be direct to video. Did you read all this? I didn't, but I, uh, I remember in the uh, Siskel and Ebert review, um, they sort of mentioned how they were upset that they didn't get a chance to like see it initially in theater. So they were the review of it was actually returning to it to recommend it. Yeah, I think almost a year and a half afterwards, because they were mentioning that Batman Forever had just come out, which would be 95. And the movie came out that, actually on Christmas, 93. Um, probably not a great time to release the dark animated Batman movie. <laughs> right, and, probably uh, not. Yeah, and so they it was supposed to be director video, and then the show was so hot, and Batman was just so hot that Warner Brothers was like, "Hey guys, here's an idea. Let's make this thing theatrical." Um, and everyone was like, "That's cool," and they, they were excited because it's like, "Oh, it's a big theatrical movie." But then there was a time crunch, and they had to get this whole thing done within a matter of months compared to they're gonna have more time before um i believe and they had to get it done super quickly and it was rushed out and not promoted well at all by warner brothers for some reason um and cost six million dollars and didn't even make six million dollars back in its box mm. office run uh so yeah that's just when didn't was, i don't know if it's famous but i felt like it's the Cisco Ebert we were talking about is they didn't catch up with it like i think a lot of people until way after the theater it was on video and uh they loved it uh they 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 were very uh giving a lot of praise to it and uh i think the only thing that both you and i already kind of joked about before we started recording that we disagree Mm -hmm. with very strongly (laughs) is that is that siskel has this like offhanded comment about like oh i didn't care for the voice of the joker (laughs) and i was like you son of a bitch (laughs) 
And I'm like, does and also we we discussed in that review, they don't mention any of the voice cast by name. So we're just like, was he unaware that that's Mark Hamill? But it was just like so because it's so not it's so not the popular opinion that's so... exactly it's like i don't care for this joker's voice and i'm just like what what <laughs> it's one of those things that you hear and you're like wait, wait a minute what, what's going on because yeah, exactly i would it's argue... sort of like one yeah. of those things like oh like 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 if he were if he were saying that to me in conversation i'd be like well you know it's all opinion and everything is subjective that what <laughs> it's yeah i mean because the especially mark hamill's joker and Kevin Conroy is Batman. Bruce Wayne are like beloved by fans. They've always been praised for how good they are as Joker and Batman. And uh, to hear somebody say they didn't like Mark Hamill as Joker, you're like, oh wait, what? Like, because um, I think he's so. What we're saying is Gene, Gene Siskel was a hack and he knew nothing about cinema. <laughs> he didn't know what he was talking about. Um, he was a stupid son of a bitch. No, no, God, oh, no, God. he's Kenny's passed away. Please, <laughs> please respect the man. Um, no, he, uh, yeah, I don't know. That was just a weird opinion, but everything else was very, they were praising it. Um, uh, Ebert made a great point about how um, that, you know, this movie is a great reminder that animation is not just for children, but, you know, that animated films mm-hmm. are not only for children. They can be enjoyed by everybody and they should be respected more. And uh, um, yeah, the movie, again, I just, you could still watch it. I don't feel like I'm watching some like cheap kids cartoon from when I was yeah, a kid. No. like a lot of things I've rewatched that I like as a kid either don't hold up or don't hold up as well or I kind of like it for nostalgia I just think Batman Mask of the Phantasm like it's like it's like no this is objectively good right and it's held up ever since I was a kid and I'm, it was funny because I was watching it this time that we did to rewatched it and I must have seen this for the first time it came out in 93 when I well I was probably like seven or something when it when I finally got to see it in, in, on uh, VHS and uh, I was like man I, I don't know how we even took all this in because it's very mature material I was like we, we, you know Batman dealing with uh, his inner turmoil and then him also dealing with this this love story in the movie um, and then him her leaving him with a note and I'm like was I seven years old being like oh bummer like was I like, I can't or, relate or, to that at seven what am I doing yeah or I wonder like when I was young and I was first watching this like or was i just sort of like this is boring get back to the action right yeah i i don't ever remember thinking it was boring i mean i remember thinking it was cool because um the other thing about it being like this theatrical movie and they had more money um it's funny you notice little things when you're a kid like when a when a show you like especially goes to to, to a movie with a bigger budget I, I have two examples so this movie the opening credits when they fly through the city they, it was all computer generated mm-hmm. and yep. i was a kid being like oh that looks different like i remember being like oh they this is different than the show because everything else if mm-hmm. it's like it is basically a very long extended episode of the show and it has or like a darker, three-parter yeah but the opening with the flying to the city and that awesome art deco look that this show had i was like oh this is different and the other example i have is the power rangers movie that came out i believe in 95 yeah. 96 <laughs> and me seeing that and you know watching the show the show looks kind of cheap in retrospect and also it was that weird mixing and matching from japan and doing the stuff in the states and, yes and then i watched the movie and i'm like holy shit this looks the, the suits are shinier like it's, it, it just looks different so um as a kid i know i picked up on massive phantasm like how it looked a little different in certain parts and the main thing i was trying to get to saying all that was that how 
there's blood. It's more, a little more violent. Like yes. I remember even being like, holy shit, like Joker's bleeding, you know, like it was like, yeah, his tooth is knocked out. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, something I want to mention since you were just mentioning that very opening. I also love that they add like a choir to the, um, to the Batman, the anime series score, which is right up there with Danny Elfman's score as like the great Batman scores. But something I specifically want to say about the choir, did you look up the trivia about what they're singing in the choir? I, I saw it, but now I'm forgetting it. I, I'm blanking. So yeah. <laughs> so the reason I specifically looked this out is I heard it and I'm just, and I took Latin in high school. So I was thinking like, oh, is this Latin? And so I like, I Googled it and no, they're just singing the names of some of the music producers and some of the animators that helped with the movie, but they're singing their names backwards. Oh, <laughs> okay. It's a really bizarre yeah. thing. Yeah. Like a funny inside joke just for them, basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it, it worked. Yeah, I love how I, I'm glad your Latin finally came in handy. <laughs> yeah, to, to find something that wasn't Latin. Like, I was just like. <laughs> it backhandedly uh, helped you, that dead language. No, um, yeah. No, and you know, you know what's so funny is, um, and I, again, I don't want to get too off topic, but I also recently rewatched The Omen for the first time in a long time. And uh, the, the theme song to The Omen is in Latin. I'm just like, oh, yeah, let's see here. Uh, Corpus idimus. And it's like, oh, that's we eat the body. Oh, <laughs> uh, and, and it's just like, oh, these are very dark lyrics. And uh, but anyways, uh, yeah, Latin, my Latin is uh, coming in handy and pointing Latin out and feast coming. In. Exactly. Exactly. The most us. boring podcast in the world. Ken's going to teach us all Latin from now on. It's going to be your spin off podcast. The girl is under the tree. <laughs> How often is that phrase? <laughs> uh, you're like, finally, here's my chance. <laughs> um no well no that okay no that's <laughs> that's funny moving on um, yeah moving on i uh well, i'm glad you brought up the the score too because i was another thing I, I mean i a lot of things i was loving about watching this again but i was like god damn this is a good score i, I thought mm-hmm. the music in this was so good and i always love the music from the animated series but i thought the music in the movie was like definitely taken up a couple of notches and i was like, man it's a good score shirley walker is the name of the composer she does an amazing job because yes. i feel like the music is very key to making this all feel very uh, elevated, I don't know, elevated, important. Like it feels very dramatic. You know, the music really helps like make oh, yeah. you feel like, oh, this is, you know, very, uh, this is a big deal, I guess. I don't know how to put it, but it's, it's, you know, this is cool. And everything about this movie and the show felt like they put so many uh, big resources into it. Like there was care taken, like, you know, people cared about it. You know, it wasn't like, because there's a lot of cartoon shows, uh, that, especially in the 80s, I think, in, I'm sure in the 90s, where they just made a cartoon show to sell toys. Like, you know, they yeah. just, and, and often, and yeah. they just, and, and they were just like, like they had the show going for a while and they're like, yeah, it's probably about time we make a movie. Let's crap one out. And here <laughs> they were like, no, let's make like something awesome, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's everybody cared about it so much. Like all these people, like, um, and their names have been on DC stuff forever. I mean, like Paul Dini, Alan Burnett, uh, Bruce Tim, definitely. Bruce Tim's like been a huge like part of DC stuff forever. Um, I know I'm forgetting people, but these guys, like I've seen interviews with them and like they just are such like nerds for this stuff. And I mean that in the best way possible. <laughs> like oh, yeah. they just care so much. And that doesn't happen a lot with uh, sometimes with these animated shows for kids. Like sometimes they're just yeah. like, okay, we got to sell some toys. And of course the show sold toys. I had the toys, but yeah. it was well, it was and like show. I said, if you yeah. go, if, if you go back and you watch those like Arkham files where they like talked about each of the characters, all the, all the villains that were in the show, 
you can really see their love for everything for for everything batman really yeah yeah it's no it's great and like i so yeah kind of back what they did with the character here it's like in this movie is is not some excuse to i think sell a different kind of toys or do all this stuff but they they really get into like Bruce Wayne's backstory to his psychology. Mm-hmm. Like, spent a lot of time on the love story, which is a kind of a gamble when your movie's marketed like to children. <laughs> like, yeah, to, to bank on like the the love story and his broken heart was most kids. I don't think can relate to. Uh, you know, I my kindergarten girlfriend moved away and I was sad, but that was about the closest <laughs> I got uh, to understanding what I was like. Oh, that sucks, Batman. Uh, and then you know. He's at his parents' grave pleading to, you know, it's like, this is way advanced, I think, for most like seven or eight-year-olds, but um, bought into it, got it, like was on board, um, you know, I mean, yeah. Well, and (laughs) let me, let me bring up my, and this is nitpicking. This is not, I I, (laughs) I barely even consider this a legitimate criticism, but it's nitpicking. Um, As he's like early on in his, uh, career as a vigilante first of all i want to say i kind of like seeing him try to be a vigilante without like donning the bat suit where he's just like wearing a leather jacket and a ski mask it's interesting i don't want to see too much of it because i'm like <laughs> it's like i like him as batman but i'm like this is int- i wouldn't want a whole uh movie or whole no thing of that no but, I mean, always- but, but they did that they did that in uh batman begins as well um yeah, very, but yeah like, i, I kind of like I, stuff, I like yeah. just seeing it but here's like where my only criticism comes in because there's the part where he's um, training in jujitsu in his backyard and Andrea Beaumont comes in and interrupts. And it, it, I just feel like Bruce Wayne, as we know him, would be too laser focused on becoming a vigilante to, you know, have this uh, love life going on with it, which he even acknowledges in the movie. Like, I can't have it both ways. Right. But he's not so deep into being Batman yet that I think he's not as like jaded or <laughs> as guarded fair yeah, yeah. and as, and really in the context of the story you could imagine like in fact yeah it's, it's when she decides to go off with her dad that he that he really like dons the bat suit and all that right right yeah yeah that's when he really takes it over the top <laughs> yeah takes you know, it into yeah. third gear yeah he's like well i'm my heart is broken and time to become bat <laughs> yep um bruce wayne's not good at taking things like he just takes things to another level that most people will not take them to. It's like, yeah, it's like, for God's sake, see ya. I even think, uh, cause when I was playing, um, Batman Arkham origins, uh, there's this moment I love when he's like in the back cave and he's about to go out back into the city to fight off these people. And Alfred like yells at him because Arkham origins is early in his Batman career. Right. And Alfred like yells at him. He's just like, you're a kid with a trust fund. Stop this. <laughs> Which I would, it's Alfred probably should have yelled at more to stop this. It's, Alfred's like, well, I'm just going to go along with it. I was, yeah, he about, accepts it very easily. Yes. I was thinking about this more this time watching this movie. I'm like, is Alfred a little too complicit in like letting this all happen? I, I don't right, think like if you stopped are, him, but he's like kind of encouraging. <laughs> if, if you were like, if you were as a career, as a trade, a butler, right, who's like been with this guy for years and he at one point says, hey, I'm going to dress like a bat. I'm going out into the streets to fight crime. I'd be like, the fuck you are? <laughs> like, who? I mean, yeah. <laughs> especially especially in the Dark Knight movies, in Nolan's movies, which are very much more grounded in reality. I feel like Michael Caine is just like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he goes, he goes along with it pretty well first. He does have that great moment in Dark Knight Rises when I feel like he's pleading with him to stop. 
and you see yes. like he's probably been holding this back for a long time you know it's like where he you know he really cares about it. Oh, that's what i mean that's alfred is like his surrogate father because you know it's like yes. all he had so of course he cares about it more than just like his butler but but yeah also, i mean also, yeah sorry i was gonna say i just don't think i mean i think i it was i was laughing this time thinking like alfred maybe you should have tried a little harder to like push him off of this but also push i don't think you could stop this from happening if you know if he was there yeah, in fairness to, but yeah. <laughs> but it's like he could try more, but it's like we all know this is something he has to do. He, he couldn't have pushed back. He couldn't have convinced him otherwise. But I do want to <laughs> say in this movie, Alfred has some really funny lines. Oh, yeah. There's a lot. And of... I have. Yeah, go ahead. I have ahead. two of them here. My the first one that I really thought was really funny is when the councilman is sort of saying, hey, he's as unstable as the people he brings in, yada, yada. And Alfred is just like. Uh, why, Master Wayne, there's no one more sane than you. By the way, I've ironed your tights and <laughs> cleaned your utility belt or something. I can't remember it exactly. <laughs> I was, I thought you were going to bring up how, I don't, I think it happens maybe just twice, but it feels like there's a whole, you can make a montage of it of, oh, of I know Alfred what you're talking walking about. Walking in with a, a tray with of, lemonade. Like, of lemonade and then Bruce is making out with Adrian. He's like, and he's like, oh, oh my. Oh. <laughs> he's like, I'll walks away. Yeah. I don't know why he's George McCain. Corner, that's, that's, oh, my. <laughs> Turns turns the corner and like brings up a video camera. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yes, you just you just called the George Takei. Yes, it's very George Takei. Oh my. Um. Yeah. No. And hey, Alfred, he gives him his privacy. He'll get out. He'd be like, all right, all right. Um. Uh. I just yeah. This this time I was thinking like Alfred, he could have done something. But uh, <laughs> we um. I I do want to go back because I mentioned at the beginning like. What kind of spurred this was the Robert Pattinson quote that I saw. And I was like, we should find you that episode, especially because the Batman's coming out next month. Because um, I didn't actually read. So the I didn't read it on here that uh, the Batman, the movie, actually, that Matt Reeves, the director, kind of influenced by a few things. I know there's year one and year two uh, from the comics stuff in I the new the movie. Long Halloween was I think there's a little long Halloween in there. He did say Mask of Phantasm was influenced. So Pattinson explains the connection. I'm just going to read the... He said, Batman is someone more unstable. If you read between the lines, it's actually very sad. In my opinion, the only other film to achieve this is the animated film, Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Uh, Pattinson explained further, when I saw it, it clicked for me. Being Batman is really kind of a curse. It's a burden. I don't think we've ever really seen that in a live film. And I think he's mm -hmm. right. I think they've, they've definitely made it seem like being Batman's like an inconvenience. <laughs> you know? like, yeah. Kind of like, never, um... yeah. It's like a in, in the first in in the first Burton movie, Vicky Vale is talking to him, and he just all we really get is him saying like, "I can't explain it. It's just something I have to do." You yeah. know, it doesn't really dive into like the turmoil <laughs> of what brought him to this. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, he it is. It's always kind of like, yeah, it's never it's never that delve into. You know, it's. I mean, they show, they show his parents dying. They've shown that like. I don't know how many fucking times. <laughs> like, I know we both are talking about how we just don't need to see that ever again. Like, I really hope the Batman just kind of like skips I over remember, that. Yeah, I remember you and I. Oh, I can't imagine they will. Well, oh no, wait. <laughs> didn't Matt Reeves? Didn't Matt Reeves say we're not going to see that? I don't remember. But now that you say I it, think, it sounds true. So I'm going to go. I, with it. <laughs> I think Matt Reeves said that. No, I remember when you and I saw Joker in theaters together. We just figured, oh, it's a Joker origin story. It's not a Batman origin story. But then at the very end, we're like, fuck, we're seeing it again. Like, God damn it. I can't, I can't escape it. Um, I just, I, they always try to say, oh, there's new people seeing it. I just can't imagine anybody. Who doesn't know that anymore? <laughs> You've had every 
because you've had a version like every five years of this. Like who could have missed it at this point? And like little kids, I feel like the first thing, if you're into Batman at all, the first thing you find out is like, oh, he became Batman because his parents were killed in front of him. Yep. Got it. Like, so I, I don't know. I hope you're right. I hope Matt Reeves did say that and they skip it. Um, I mean, yeah, maybe they'll spend more time on like the actual psychology this, of the character. <laughs> but because this is a young Batman, isn't it? Yeah, he's supposed to be like, it's supposed to be kind of year two. He's not like, I don't think he's mm-hmm. fresh off, like starting off. Like year one is like kind of in that mode of, um, like we talked about with like ski mask. And so he's a little bit established, but he's still very young. So he's in like the, yeah. I think I even saw they said like it's second or third year being Batman. So he's like very early into Batman. So, okay. Cause he said they have, he also, I'm very intrigued by this, that he has to kind of learn to, uh, it's more about helping people. <laughs> like to you know being a hero mm-hmm. help you not just beating the shit out of criminals <laughs> like because yeah. in the trailer i mean they show that part when he confronts that gang and just wails on that one guy and you know yes. and which i'm very excited about but also <laughs> i mean they, they, this another thing i think the movies have missed a lot and and massive fan doesn't even do it that much either um batman doesn't i feel like they don't show him helping people enough like <laughs> you know what i mean it's always him just like no. beating the shit out of people and um and the show did this much better. The show got into him like genuinely helping people out, like, you know, and small level, like low level, like in a neighborhood, like, oh, I, you know, save this guy's shop or, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, and shows yeah. the person he helps. Like the movies didn't have a good job of that either. It's never like, they always do that. Like that's like Superman stuff. Like, oh, Superman saves people. Batman just beats people up, you know. But like, yeah, no, Batman helps people. You know, it's like we could show that every once in a while. So yeah, another thing that um I think Matt Reeves was saying you haven't seen much in live action movies. I think Mask of the Phantasm does it better. Is showing the detective side of Batman, and apparently yes, the Batman yeah. is really going to delve into that too. That's also yeah, that's a good point too. They there's a lot of it's funny how much they've missed with so many Batman movies like they've like yeah. the one detective thing I remember him doing is in Dark Knight when he's trying to get that bullet fragment yeah like I, I'm sure there's been I can't, that's the top of my head I can't remember but it's like he doesn't do a lot of detective work you know he's called like the world's greatest detective <laughs> like, the movies have yeah. not gotten into it um but yeah, um in yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and they're solving all the Riddler's riddles in Batman Forever, but that was just too goofy. To... Well, that was, yeah. <laughs> I didn't feel like real detective work to me. <laughs> like, no. Um, yeah. Also, um, but no, in Mask of the Phantasm, like, he's, like, looking over the scenes of the crime where um, Phantasm was taking out the the mobsters and everything. So we get we get more of that there than in any of the others, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. I mean... There's a good amount of that. There's it's a they get a lot done in like 76 minutes. The movie's super short. I don't even mention that how short this movie is, an hour and 16 minutes long. And they do a lot. It, like every minute mm-hmm. counts. I was like, wow, they don't waste a second. There's no fat in this movie. And they still get a lot done. Um also, yeah, I, I think it's it's kind of neat, but it also sort of takes away from his mystery is how they showed that the Joker was sort of like a henchman for these guys before his accident. Yeah, I I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm torn on it. I'm torn I'm, on it too. I'm. Cool. It's cool seeing like the hints of him being there, but also it's just sort of like, oh, that takes away from everything. Yeah, I mean, it's okay, especially in the context of like what the movie's doing. I feel like it's telling this kind of isolated story, and it's like, I don't know. It's kind of I didn't see it coming. I remember when I was, I was like, oh wow. Um, uh-huh. I don't remember. I was surprised Joker was in the movie. I think I don't remember if I because he walks in like ha- literally halfway through the movie. I think it's. 
like 40 minutes into this hour and 15 minute movie and you're like mm-hmm. how, are you i mean i think i see one thing i see people complain about is they think that that joker seems kind of like forced into the movie because he's the most famous batman villain yeah I, he's sort of shoehorned in i feel like i feel like they use him well like i feel like he's pivotal to, and that stuff's good at the end like that's it gets very intense with him at the world's fair and uh i don't know i feel like he's used pretty well in the context of how they pull all together with him being tied back to um andrea beaumont and her dad you know and all that and yeah um, so I, I mean if he shoehorned in but i feel like it's the best shoehorn in you know and it's like you know yeah. it's, it's kind of like we have to do this but we'll make it clever exactly and, you took the words out of my mouth yeah. he it, it's like they were just sort of like okay well we gotta put the joker in but they weren't lazy about it right there's a lazier version of this where he just shows up for no reason like no connect you know what i mean like just no connection and just kind of pops in and's like you know he's here because he's a joker <laughs> um I, i'm curious about this because i don't i'm assuming you were very young when you watched this too you know you're a few years younger than me but uh were you like blown away by the reveal of who the phantasm is because i feel like as a little kid i was pretty blown away by it being the phantasm was andrea beaumont i was like what <laughs> so i was so young i probably I, I really barely remember how it was like revealed or how i felt when it was revealed so I want to say as a kid, I probably was blown away by it. But honestly, rewatching it now, no. And I think it's just because I know that mm-hmm. it's her. It feels obvious. That's, yeah. I was thinking that too, but that's hard to gauge because I've known it for so long. Am I just, is it obvious because... Because I, I know? No, yeah. It's like, I don't think they give a lot away, but they start kind of, it's kind of becomes that game of like, there's only so many possible suspects. You know? Exactly, and also when isn't there a part where Batman thinks it's her dad? Yes, it's like isn't yeah. her dad so like super old at this That's... point? <laughs> I thought the same thing because I was like, maybe oh, he he's hiring someone. Yeah, that's I was like, if he thinks it's her dad, he'd be very old to be out doing this kind of thing. Like, um, yeah, yeah, I, I, it's hard to gauge. I would even watch me with somebody who has no idea and just get their opinion because I don't know. Um, yeah, did I, did I tell you when I showed Kelsey? Uh, uh, psycho for the first time I asked her I was like so what do you know about psycho she's like I know a lady gets stabbed in the shower and that's it and I'm like yes she knows <laughs> nothing that is pretty sweet when you watch a movie like that or any kind of movie with a big twist and the person doesn't know and you're like oh you're in I want to see this reaction you're in for a treat <laughs> exactly and and that yeah. was great because Kelsey didn't see Norman being his mother you know right so right. that being the case it's sort of like I, I want to know is it is it sort of with this, with knowing Andrea Beaumont is the phantasm, is that just sort of the same thing as it seems obvious that Bruce Willis is dead in Sixth, in sixth Sense? Or is it just because we know? I don't know. I mean, I watched that movie, like, I felt like it was a while after it came out, but it wasn't spoiled for me. And I was shocked. Like, I was, like, genuinely shocked. And even re-watching that movie now, I don't think it's... I don't know. I don't think it's super obvious. I mean, I guess it's it's so hard to know. Once you know the twist, it's so hard to go back and because then you start seeing all the stuff, you know. And it's yeah, you like, see that no one. There's no scene with him talking to someone at a certain point, right? Which I just didn't even click with me at all. You know, it's like I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And plus, the more movies you watch too, then you just start noticing things more and like little mm-hmm. things that they do. And it's like it's like oh, you know, there's only so many possible people there's only so many and then it becomes like oh well this person is too big a star 
to be in such a small role. I mean, I'm speaking mm-hmm. in general, not specific, but um, you see like, oh, this person's too, too big a star to be in a small role. They must have a bigger part, probably involved in twists, something like that. So, you know, I don't know, I, you know, who knows, but it's like, I think it still works. I think it's still effective. Um, I mean, it's good too, because it's you know, emotionally, it works with, with how Bruce feels and how she feels. And it's so, it's so interesting that like, they were in love and then they're mm-hmm. both out there, you know, going to vigilantes, but she's taking it to that next level that Batman won't go to and killing people yes. and trying to stop her. And, um, and, and I do love that sort of end lesson that Alfred gives Bruce where he says like, you almost fell into that pit and you climbed out. Miss Beaumont couldn't escape falling into that pit and you yourself couldn't have saved her. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, did we? T- <laughs> I can't remember this came up on the Batman podcast we did for the first episode. I, I, <laughs> this is gonna sound bad, but I'm like, I oh, so the Batman no kill rule. I'm like, sometimes I'm like, should you kill people? <laughs> like this sounds. Look, I'm with everything the, the Joker's right done, <laughs> yeah. just kill him and it's done, and you're not that guilty. But it's like. <laughs> Yeah, I think Watch Mojo even did like top ten bullshit things about Batman or something, <laughs> and number one was the no kill rule. Interesting. Okay, I don't think I ever saw that one. Um, there is, oh, yeah. Did, did you ever see the animated movie um, Batman Under the Red Hood? I have seen that one. That's one of the best, I think, DC animated movies. Actually, That's oh yeah, really I love that one. one. Yeah, but there's a part where he like explains why he can't kill, and even listening to it, I'm like, this sounds like such bullshit because. <laughs> Uh, Jason Todd, who's been resurrected from the dead, is saying like, hey, I'm not saying kill Two-Face or Scarecrow or Penguin. I'm talking just him. Just kill the Joker and get it over with. And he's like, oh, and why can't you? Because it's against your code. And Batman just says, if I allow myself to go down there, if I allow myself to go down into that hole, I'll never come out. I'm like, that sounds like <laughs> like it's just, it, it sounds like you're a philosophy student BSing his paper here. A little bit. I mean, I feel like Batman's in enough control of everything else that he could use that at discretion. You know, he's like, he's like, mm-hmm. okay, Penguin stole some fucking rare birds. What the fuck ever. It's like, let's throw him in jail. <laughs> let's throw him in jail. It's fine. But like Joker's out there like massacring people. And this, I was bringing this up. We didn't talk about something we watched lately. There's a, a new DC animated movie, Injustice, which if people don't know, Injustice was a video game. A great game. And I can't remember if the comic came after the game. I think the game came. I think and it then, did. Okay. So I, then I they think did a so. comic series. So Injustice, like the idea to me is intriguing. I, I think people were tired of like bad Superman. But <laughs> so the idea of, of it's really fucked up. Joker is like, um, I don't remember why he even does this. Out of He goes out of his way to Metropolis and. Uh, it's an else world we should mention. Oh yeah. It's not in the normal like continuity of stuff but yeah so he he goes to metropolis and like kidnaps lois lane um puts a nuclear bomb on her if i'm or some kind of like in the movie this i think it i think the game because i haven't seen this new movie but as the game explained it he like used a modified version of like scarecrow's fear toxin oh yeah like tricked superman into killing lois and their unborn son which is very dark Super dark, yeah. <laughs> that is what it go- happens in the movie. Yeah, he tricks Superman with like fear toxin, and he takes Lois Lane into space, basically, and that kills her, obviously. And then also, I don't know if in the in the movie there was even an extra level that when her heart stopped, 
a like a nuke went off in metropolis and destroyed everybody i mean everybody that's a good touch superman loves his dead and he did it they he basically feels guilty because he killed lois and by killing lois he killed he built this whole city so joker's like had this grand plan to like basically break down superman and so all that happens (laughs) and then superman is pissed at batman because he's like if you had just killed him this none of this would have happened you had and so superman's like you know what i'm taking this into my own hands <laughs> then it goes off the rails superman does start killing he gets way out of control becomes like a crazy fascist and starts killing people but you know, yeah. with, with joker i'm like he's got a point <laughs> i'm like if yeah. you had just done something the dozens of times you caught joker none of this would have happened and millions of people oh my god killed. yeah oh my god i've seen a great meme um it's a clip from um curb your enthusiasm but it just says um Batman after stopping Joker for the 100th time without killing him. And it's just, um, uh, it's just Kirby enthusiasm. It's just fuck you. And I'll see you tomorrow. (laughs) I've seen that one. Uh, yeah, it's, it is like that. It's like, he just won't, he just wants to. And I think that's been brought up with Batman psychology is like, does he want to keep fighting these people? Does he not want, you know what I mean? It's like, does he want Mm -hmm. them to kind of somewhere internally get out? So he has people to fight. And then there's a whole issue of like, does Batman encourage these kind of people? Cause then they go crazy and put a costume on because um, mm-hmm. it's There's so a whole episode where he's brought to court for it. Oh yeah. 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 They <laughs> great episode. And th- I mean, it's an interesting point that I also wish the movies to explore more. It's like, it, it's like Batman had this tragic thing happen to him and he went the way of like, I'm going to beat up criminals and help people. And so many of his criminals, his, his rogues gallery is like the opposite kind of where it's like they had a tragic incident but then they went nuts or something and became mm-hmm. villains and yeah i mean that's so interesting it's like but yeah i mean with joker it's like back to that point it's like maybe maybe you should break that rule batman i'm, I'm just saying you know it's like you know mm-hmm. maybe help people out but so i don't know he's got a very interesting psychology the movies have like not gotten that farther into i really hope that, that all the stuff we're saying about the new Batman movie is like true. We see detective work and we see like more into his sad helping you know, people. Yeah. Yeah, all, yeah. The sadness. Yeah. All that stuff. I mean, cause that's kind of untapped really. I mean, it's or barely tapped. So it's like, there's a lot there still to mine, even though we've had like, uh, wait, how many Batman movies? <laughs> like nine. I don't know. I'm thinking of the mm-hmm. Affleck ones too. And there's animated ones. So there's a lot of Batman material, but there's still stuff to, to do with him so um why do i find the character so interesting because he has all this stuff you know and he's a human yeah he's a guy dealing with this tragedy who's like clearly needed help didn't get it and now he's batman so there we go you know it's like well this is what happened so yeah i mean we benefited from it but <laughs> no um yeah. so uh on the topic of the joker and his um just now I'm saying he is, and to bring it back to Mask of the Phantasm, I want to talk about two scenes with him. I really do love when that one uh, mob boss, uh, the guy who's like has the oxygen tank and is wheezing a lot, mm-hmm. um, the scene where he like puts his hands on the Joker's shoulders, and the Joker just gets this like really angry look, but then he just smacks him away. He's like, "Don't touch me!" And then he just starts acting goofy again. It's like, man, he's so unstable. Like you can see, right. he like <laughs> has this rage in him, but. He just sort of plays it off with a laugh. Yeah, I do like those moments when Joker gets like angry and you see how crazy he is, even though he tries to like push it back down really quickly. Um, He has these outbursts of anger and then he tries to get back to like his Joker persona. Um, Exactly. Yeah, because he's he's dark in this movie. Now I'm thinking about this too, is that 
uh, the phantasm is killing these like kind of old mobsters who, I mean, uh, what's the one Abe Pagoda plays? Uh, is it Salvatore? He's or Chucky Sal. One of them is like on the, the oxygen big one, tank. the big guy. No, who's the one on oxygen? Is that Chucky Sal? No, Chucky Sal is the first one who's in the uh, car and oh, that's like, right, that's right, that's crashes right. into the other building. So, I forget his name. It's something the Weezer last name. So I'm thinking about this now. It's like Batman probably should kill Joker like preemptively to stop things from happening. These guys, if, if she's killing them, it, it is truly like just for her revenge because they're not fucking, they're mm-hmm. not really doing anything. <laughs> you know, it's like they're probably not, they don't have, they don't have much longer. So she's clearly just going every way to like kill these old, this washed up mobsters. Um, and, you know, it's, I don't know, it's, it's interesting. It's like Batman, Joker, yeah, maybe stop that guy. But th- these guys, you know, uh, it's like, this is just your quest right. for revenge. Like, yeah. That's just, that's just vengeance. It's like Batman should kill Joker for like the good of society, for God's sake. <laughs> exactly. It's not a personal quest. He's just like, I got to do this to stop this shit from happening again. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know. There's, I'm trying to think uh, what else. Also, was this yeah. movie, was this movie before Harley Quinn was introduced? I don't remember. But another great thing the animated series did was just create Harley Quinn. And now she's like one of the most iconic, you know, mm-hmm. ba- a character. I mean, Batman characters, iconic characters has her own, you know, live action movie. Like, you know, it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's uh, people forget, I think, that they whipped her up for the show. It was like, oh, it's, and then she becomes this amazing, famous yeah, character. Who I think may very well be maybe really my favorite character depicted in the DCEU, if I'm being honest. I mean, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn is pretty great. So yeah, yes. I, I mean, yeah, and she's been consistent too. It's like, uh, you know, they even changed. even in the first Suicide Squad, which was not a good movie, she is one of the MVPs of that. Oh yeah, she's like by far the standout of that movie. <laughs> like, um, yeah, it's it's when you shine in a bad movie, you've definitely done something right because that movie is otherwise not great. But she's really good in it. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, so yeah, Mask the Phantasm. Back to this again. So. Um, Trying to think what else I wanted to say here. I uh had a thought I lost it. Um, what else, what other points you want to make about this movie? Help well, me. uh, the other the other scene I wanted to mention about the Joker is like the very end. Because you can see like it Joker's like complex, and maybe you can attribute this to like lazy writing, but I don't think it is. I think it's very true to Joker's character and how erratic he is. Like the scene where the amusement park is about to just blow up. And Batman is like, and he's trying to get away on his jetpack, and Batman's like, hold him down, and he's just like, let me go, you fool, or you'll get us both killed. I'm your one chance out of here. But then at the very end, when it like starts exploding, and Andre and uh, Andrea is holding him, and he just looks at the explosion, and he just lets out this huge laugh. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I I love that. I, I'm not sure if you can say an animated character is chewing scenery, but he is. <laughs> He usually is. Mark Hamill's a joker, but he's so good at it. So um, that's, I was going to say, like, so we talked about, like, our favorite Batman movies in the first one. And I know. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. I just want to say real quick. I I feel like I didn't clearly explain there. When I said, like, (laughs) you contributed to lazy writing is at one point he's trying to get away, but then at another point he just accepts dying with everyone. I think that just, like, goes to his. insanity really sorry i just wanted to clarify oh, that no, i didn't mean to cut you off where you finished the thought i apologize so um, oh no you're good i i just didn't explain it well go ahead uh so did we talk i know we talked about obviously we ranked our batman movies in the first episode did we rank our batman actors i don't think we did by the way i want to go back and uh uh what's the word Re- rescind or 
anyways, I Batman Returns I watched again for Christmas this past year, and Batman Returns I should have placed much higher than I did. Oh yeah, did you put that like really low? Like yes, because it was just I thought it was like too dark and like I, I just it was as much as I liked Tim Burton, I thought it was too Tim Burtony and not Batman-y enough, but. Yeah, I, I rescinded, and I I think it's great, and I, I place it much higher now. Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad <laughs> to hear that. Uh, yeah, I was I was shocked it was that low for you. I was like, what can I feel? Like this is right for reality, but um, but uh, yes, I'm I'm glad you uh, moved it up higher. And we I don't I don't we didn't count this one just because it was animated. I think was it that, that was the thinking, and we're yeah. like, it, it does feel different than the other ones. It it, it is different, mm-hmm. obviously, but um, if I was placing it, uh, if I ranked it with the other ones, it. It has to be top three. I don't know if it's oh yeah, like Dark Knight and this and Batman Returns. Maybe the first Batman pushes, but it's like I, I don't even know how to order them because I, I they're all very different. I like all all three of those: Dark Knight, Batman Returns, and Mask of the Phantasm. Um, mm-hmm. Would you put this up? Would this be like your number one, or would it be top three? Uh, you know, I just it's funny we were talking. Uh, we were out for lunch. Uh, during our work shift today. <laughs> yeah, guys, and... we hang out outside the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but we, we are, uh, yeah. <laughs> but I had actually, I just rewatched this movie again this morning while I was working. I just put it on the TV. Um, and as I turned it off, I feel like I, this often happens with me with movies. I'll like turn it off and be like, that's the best thing ever. Um, <laughs> but uh, like I turned this off and I was just like, this is the best Batman movie. This is my favorite. But like, I'm really just like, uh, but. I really love the original Tim Burton one and I love the Dark Knight and I really don't know where I would place this amongst them but it's it's definitely top three at least I mean I, I can't even remember my exact ranking but it's it's at least number four I mean yeah it's it's I mean, it's up there and then I I don't want to say this on the first podcast because I, I don't want to rank all the Batman actors right now but my God, Kevin Conroy's Batman, Bruce Wayne. I, it's so hard to gauge him because he doesn't, he's not doing the physical part. Obviously, he's doing the voice. Exactly. Yep. But I don't know if anyone's done it better because I feel like he plays both characters so well. He never overplays Batman. I mean, I'm okay with Christian Bale, like doing his, like, you know, like uh, Batman, growly Batman voice. But yeah. then you hear Where Kevin were Conroy. the drugs going? <laughs> but, but you, you know what's Kevin great? Is... Do it, and it's like, He's not making that big a distinction between Bruce Wayne and Batman. But the voices are distinct. But they're distinct and they're different. But it's a very subtle yep. difference. Yeah. So that's all I was going to say that. So, yeah. And also, um, I remember when he was being interviewed when they were making, uh, I think, Arkham City. He said, you know, I've really played this character longer than anyone. And he said, I think I know this character better than anyone. And, and, and he didn't sound egotistical saying that either. I mean, yeah, he's probably right. I mean, he's played the character like on and off for like, God, almost 30 years now. I think he, I don't even, mm-hmm. he may have like retired finally from doing it, but um, I may, I may be wrong. I, I don't I, know. I think he and I think he and Mark will both say that they're retiring, but as soon as one says they're coming back for a project, the other is just like, okay, I'm, I'll come back then. <laughs> like, um, yeah, I think, uh, uh, I, like when they made the Killing Joke animated movie, I think Mark Hamill said he would only ever come back for the Killing Joke. Um, right, which they did, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, which was you've seen that, right? <laughs> yeah. I... <laughs> Listen, once you get to the actual Killing Joke stuff, right. I think it's good. I agree too. It's a mess for like the first half, but then they had to 
flesh it out and then gets the second you're like oh this is fine now when it's the actual killing joke story but then before that it's like oh boy um well okay i'm looking at db he played the last time kevin conroy played batman was 2019 an animated movie called justice league versus the fatal five so that's not that long ago and he did mm-hmm. play i forgot about this there's a live action batwoman series on like cw one yes. of those shows and he played bruce wayne um like an older bruce wayne but um, he, yeah he's not doing anything physical right right he is in something called multiverse. Oh, it's a game, a multiverses game, uh, a fighting game as Batman. <laughs> so he's definitely slowed down as being Batman, but I guess he's not completely like shut it down, which is good because he's amazing as Batman. So um, every it's like it's tough now because I watched um, the Injustice movie and he wasn't Batman in Injustice. And I can't remember who even played Batman in that movie. But it's like whenever I hear an animated Batman, it's not Kevin Conroy there's an adjustment period <laughs> it's like it's just never quite yeah. the same um, i will also say um with me being like five years younger than you i'm not sure if you were too old for this series when it came out it was a different actor voicing batman did you ever watch the batman animated series no and probably didn't even want to check it out because i'm like it's not kevin connor i don't want to see it. <laughs> you know it's okay like... well i was young enough that i watched it and i thought it was really good i think i've heard good things about it. that's the funny thing i think i just wrote it off because i was like I mean, I was probably at a point too where I was like, I'm too old for cartoons, but I mean, now I'd watch it. Now I don't well, there are, yeah. some, there are some things that you would really like in that. Um, you know who voices the Riddler for his appearances on that show? Uh, no idea. <laughs> Robert England. Oh, wow. That does sound fun. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Tom Kenny voices the Penguin. And, oh, okay. Uh, wow. And what's his name? Uh, is it Kevin Michael Richardson? Yes, I'm uh, looking at you right now. The Joker. Yeah, Kevin Michael Richardson. Voices the Joker, and the Joker looks insane in that show. He's like, he he has dreadlocks, and he's got I've, these bright red eyes. I've seen this version of the Joker. Yeah, this is weird. Um, it No, this I, people have said good things about this show. Um, so yeah, I've heard it's pretty yeah. good. I just didn't, I just haven't watched it. But I would give it a shot. Um, yeah. It's just, yeah, I mean, that Kevin Conroy was like always my Batman. Like, I'm I was, with you. Just mentioning to... There's an episode recently talking to Carmelita about Total Recall and how like these some of these Arnold Schwarzenegger movies were like I saw them so young they're like a part of my DNA like I don't remember not you know it was like I was so young and I remember not seeing them they've just been a part of my life forever yeah you don't and, know a world without I don't know a world Conway's without Batman yeah and I don't know a world without like Batman the animated series came on I had turned five so I don't remember much where I was five anyway <laughs> so like it's always been yeah. around and uh, yeah very much a part of my DNA and. Like the movie is just fantastic. I know we kind of all over the place on all kinds of Batman stuff, and I hope people don't mind. But um, that's kind of what happens when we do this. But um, I mean, the movie, like, it's tight. Seventy-five minutes. It tells its story. It doesn't. Like you uh, said, it's lean. There's no fat to it, but it still feels full. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty impressive, and it's like it it doesn't overcomplicate things, but it's not it's not dumbed down at all. Um, yeah. Oh, let me say. Yeah. Let me say one thing because I don't want this to be the last thing we say about this movie. Okay. <laughs> um, something I think is so weird, and I swear this was just a common thing they did with 2D animated movies in the '90s that were like based on a big property. They would always play some like pop song over the end credits, <laughs> and it did not feel right for this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Sung by Tia Carrere of Wayne's World fame. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Super random. Didn't know so she said. Strange. 
didn't know she sang songs. I was like, wow, what? Uh, okay. Uh, I was like, you're a singer. All right. I, that's cool. What, what else can't you do? Uh, Tia Carrere. But I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, what is this song? And I was like, Tia Carrere, what the hell? Very confusing. Don't know why they put that in there, but um, not a problem. Like they should have just, just played yeah. the animated series theme in my mind. But Right. Yeah. I mean, that that seems like right. But um, not, a, not a negative, just a weird like, huh, that's different. Um, did you know, did you read it? This is one of my favorite bits of trivia i think it's so funny that the toy line ruined the twist of the movie oh like would you take the phantasm's mask off and oh not even that ken the the figure came displayed with like the phantasm the mask on the side so the mask on the side and it's just full-on it's just andrea beaumont and you're like if you just pick the toy up you're like this is the this is the phantasm (laughs) it's like (laughs) completely spoiled it i was like wow they couldn't even put the friggin mask on her i let me double check because i um i want to say that the the mask was already off when you see the package but i may be wrong but um uh let's see here yeah yeah she stands right next to the, the phantasm get up so it's just her oh my god it's how did they just put it on her just put the thing on her and say like you know that could have sold some toys too it's like hey if you buy this and you take the thing off you can see who the phantasm is so um missed opportunity um like i said yeah it was super rushed because it was supposed to be straight to video and then warner brothers was like hey put that in theaters and then they didn't promote it and i thought this was kind of a sad story that mark hamill went to the like opening day i think in new york city um and he said it was virtually empty in the theater (laughs) and but then he it kind of turned out nice because then there were so few people there um he was like, hey, do you all just kind of want to sit with me and watch this together? Because they knew who he was, obviously, because they were such big fans of the movie. They're showing up on opening day for Mask of the Phantasm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so he, I, I, mean, I think I saw the interview, kind of joked about it, but it, it's got to suck when you go to see your movie and there's like no one there on opening day. And uh, and yeah, but um, I mean, the movie is very well received. Obviously, it's like become this touchstone and people... Mm-hmm. I don't hear a bad word about it. I mean, I, I can't. I I've never heard anyone and, say they don't like it. Honestly, and I'll say and I'll say this. Um, going back to the Cisco and Ebert review, this was like the first theatrical Batman movie that Ebert gave a positive review of because he didn't like any of those before. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, they loved it. I mean, they really liked it. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I, that's nice. They put some some eyes on it because they could do that. Um, they could really champion stuff that was like overlooked and uh and this was definitely overlooked but it, it got a, a cult following it got on video like that's how mm-hmm. kids were gonna find it at being on tv or they get the, i had the vhs you know it was like um so it found its audience it just it completely bombed in theaters <laughs> like unfortunately um but yeah it's wonderful i don't know if we talked enough about it specifically but i don't you know it's i you know what's funny i think it's not like there's a lack of action in the movie but there's probably more like love story, dramatic stuff, flashback stuff at the, a lot of stuff in graveyards, a lot of graveyards. I was, <laughs> yeah. I was, I was thinking about this because I have my movie collection uh, broken up by genre. And really I had, um, originally I just had the action genre and it just had, you know, all action movies. But then I decided to like separate comic book movies entirely because I do have the killing joke on DVD and I'm just sort of like, this isn't really action packed. It's just a comic book story. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 like you just said, it's like it's not super action packed. But it, but isn't that a testament that it's like based on a kids show? Talking about uh, Mask of the Phantasm now, 
isn't that a testament that it's based on a kid's show? The target audience probably is kids. It's not super action-packed, but it still resonates with us. Yeah, that's a great point. That's why I was kind of like, yeah, I mean, it, it, but I was, it's, it doesn't, yeah, it, it does all these things and it doesn't lean heavily on like constant action, you know, or constant stuff happening. It like takes its time and it's like, uh, you know, it, it dwells on stuff. And um, I mean, how many other kid shows or kids movies would put like Batman, Bruce Wayne crying at his parents' grave? You know, it's like, they probably, mm-hmm. like, we cut that scene out. It's a little, they always say things like, that's too heavy for kids. That's too sad for kids or kids can't handle that. But I think kids can handle a lot more than like people give them credit for, honestly, or can process so. things a lot I more. Think, yeah. I think it's a Don Bluth quote that kids can handle anything so long as you give them a happy ending. Right, which this doesn't, this doesn't have a happy have. ending. <laughs> but, but kids still could handle it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because she uh, disappears in that cloud of smoke, which I don't know how the hell that worked, but sure, I'll go with it. Like her and Joker disappear at the... Oh, yeah. I, I also love how every time she exits a scene, just this mysterious puff of smoke appears around her. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute, you aren't magic, are you? Uh, I, mean, <laughs> Bat- I guess Batman disappears too, but... Um, the ending is, I mean, it's not uplift, it's not like a happy ending because she disappears. Although the implication uh, is that she's still alive. And Joker came back and they didn't explain anything in the show. Obviously, they I just know. were like, he's back. And then she showed up in a comic. He's I think, back. Like, Fuck you. Deal with it. <laughs> basically, <laughs> the Phantasm character, she didn't show up. Um, I think they said she showed up in a comic like 10 years after this. And then if you remember, um, the other animated series that Bruce Timm and all these guys worked on was Batman Beyond. Yeah, and, which yeah. that that movie, Return of the Joker, depicts the most gruesome ghost uh, Joker death. Oh yeah, that's a pretty dark movie too. The Batman Beyond yeah, movie. It is. So what, now, no, not confuse myself. Either on Batman Beyond or on the Justice League show, Phantasm comes back, and they show her as the one that kills uh, Terry's family, who's the guy that the protege of Bruce Wayne in the future takes over the new Batman. Um, it's but- weird. I think it's, I think it's the justice league show, but they tie it into Terry McGinnis and yeah, Batman beyond it's confusing. Did, did you yeah. know that when, cause I think justice league started coming out near the end of Batman beyond. And apparently there was like this big fight over which studio gets to make cartoons in this universe because justice league came straight to cartoon network Oh, yeah. And Batman yeah. Beyond originated on Kids WB. I didn't know there was a fight over it. I remember those were on different networks and they eventually kind of like overlapped. But um, yeah, I, I it's... Uh, like the, the argument was like, hey, which studio controls where this universe goes? Oh, that's... Oh, yeah. I don't know. That... um, it's It worked, it works out. I was to say, the DC yeah. animated stuff has been very good for a very long time. Like, yep. it's funny because... I, I would say a lot of their animated stuff is more mature than a lot of those early DCEU movies. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, this is so funny that I was watching Mass of the Phantasm and I'm like, this is a more serious and mature movie than Batman and Robin, like five years like later, like four years oh. later. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm just, it's so interesting. But and DC, it's funny because DC's movies live, have been kind of a mess of live action stuff, but they've consistently been killing it in animation for a long time. I think the past few years, I know like, people have kind of complained that I think some of their movies have not been as good. I don't know what happened. Like, but there was a long stretch where it was like DC animated movies were like the, uh, you know, kind of like the, I can't think of the word. Um, 
they were held up like, oh, they're really good. They're high quality. So while the yeah. live action was a mess, the anime stuff was good. <laughs> so yeah. well, and I, I think they're I think they're getting on course correction with their live action stuff now. I hope so. Yeah, they <laughs> the timeline still seem kind of all over the place, but uh, I, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We'll we'll see. I, I you know so um, really after now that we have the Snyder cut and we do have the ultimate edition of Batman v Superman, really the only DCEU movie I am comfortable saying is bad is the first Suicide Squad. Uh, <laughs> my, my, oh, yeah, I mean, we have the other versions of things, so that helps, because I didn't like Batman or Superman when I first saw it, but there's a the ultimate cut, I think, is much better. And, of course, mm-hmm. the Snyder cut is much better of Justice League. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting something. I feel like they're, you know, I don't know. Uh, how, wait, how'd you feel about Wonder Woman 1984? Um... <laughs> Well, my my wife really didn't like it. She thought a lot of stuff was not earned. I think it's fine. It... I mean, I thought it was fine too. I think maybe a little better than fine. I don't know. I kind of like I had fun with it. Everyone else hated it. I was like, I don't know. I had fun. Like, it's I wish silly. they could have. I, yeah. I I wish Cheetah just could have been the main villain, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it definitely feels like one of those movies where it's like, this is definitely kind of a mess. But I weirdly kind of enjoyed it. Like, it felt like a weird throwback to like 70s super christopher superman like it was yeah that i think that's what you said when you first saw it yeah i think i, did I too. agree i'm quoting myself uh, so, uh yeah i don't know i mean i don't hate it everyone else like really hate it and i just kind of was like well, this is a weird interesting kind of mess of a movie but yeah it's um, insane like it's not technically good <laughs> but it's still entertaining yeah i don't know it's it's uh yeah, I don't know. They, TC's got to get their shit together at some point, but I think they're kind of on the right path, hopefully. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, I don't know. I love Mask of the Phantasm a lot. Uh, oh, I do want to read one thing. I, I've never done this before. Uh, I was on Letterboxd, and I saw a review that kind of, I thought, really captured a lot of things about the movie in, like, a very pretty tight, concise like thing here. It's not that long. I'm just going to read it, because I thought this really touched on a lot of stuff that we'd already talked about. So um, I'll give credit to, I've been following this guy for a long time. His name's Siegel. Uh, he's very famous, like almost a famous popular in Letterboxd. <laughs> like uh, he's a lot of followers now. Um, so he wrote this about Mask of the Phantasm. Um, Confronting trauma by avoiding it, fighting crime as an escapism from the endless tragedy of existence, donning a mask wow. to adopt an identity built purely on constructed reputation rather than the inescapable pain of reality. But if a mask defines one's identity, then anyone who wears it would be able to adopt that identity, erode the carefully curated uh, reputation that the mask represents, and force the psychological devastation of confronting a lifetime of trauma head-on. It's both the most Batman movie I've ever seen and the most tragic Batman movie I've ever seen. Uh, Perhaps those statements are inextricably linked, which I was like, wow, that's a good line. Uh, Standing, Standing ovation to that whole review. Yeah, I was like, wow, he really kind of nails it in a like a paragraph basically um because yeah it is it it's like the most it does to me feels like maybe the most bad movie and the, it's definitely the most tragic that i think the most mm-hmm. sad tragic batman movie because i was this time i was really like it's a deeply sad movie and i've never never more thought of batman as like or never thought of him more as a sad character than when i watched this and like he's a very sad lonely character who's got all mm-hmm. these issues he's never dealt with in any kind of like realistic proper way <laughs> but like yeah yeah i mean every other time we watch him we're like yeah batman kick ass cool but like no one really stops and takes in like 
you know, how deeply sad this guy must be to be doing this. I, I, I just, I, I just thought it, it's sort of like that meme with um, Drake, like passing on one thing and like pointing in approval of another. It's like, it's hit. Drake is like passing. It's just like, go to therapy for the trauma of seeing your, uh, your parents murdered in an alleyway pass. And then Drake's like pointing and smiling at like become a vigilante dressed like a fucking bad and <laughs> beat up criminals. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot there. There's a lot more to, I ho- really hope the Batman, like, like they're all kind of hinting at is a, a version we want. Cause uh, we've seen a lot of versions. So I'm ready for something a little different. Uh, I'm very excited for it. I hope it's good. But don't show us those those parents dying again, please. No, please, God, don't show us the parents dying again. I can't, I can't do it again. Um, yeah. So I don't. Know. I love Master Phantasm. I think it is. I, I want to say masterpiece. I really want to say it's a masterpiece because I feel like it's it nails so much of like this I should, character. I should, yeah. I should list off like my like my ten favorite animated movies of all time because oh, it's oh, definitely there. You just remind me that we want to talk about our favorite episodes of the show too. When you said that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, you did more research on this than I did because we love the show and the movie are hand in hand. It's like watching a long version of the show. We said uh, the show is incredible too. One of the best anime shows of all time. Maybe the best. I don't know. It's incredible. Um, and I don't do what what's some of your favorite uh, Batman animated series episodes. So I made a whole list here. I've got like 10 of them here. We might mention a few more. But um, first and foremost, the one everyone, you'll see it, it's number one on almost any list you see <laughs> mm-hmm. is Almost Got Him, where all the villains are playing poker and they're telling their stories of how they almost got Batman. Yeah, it's always like one of my favorites. Whenever I say favorites, it's up. It's so good. It's like as a kid too, another, I won't say exactly what in case someone hasn't seen, wants to see it. The twist blew my mind. I was like, yep. this is incredible. I was like, this is like one of the most fun. It's a funny, it's like a fun episode too. It's like really fun. The twist is amazing. Ooh. Yeah, and I'm gonna try not to reveal the twist of it, but I love this moment where like the light shines on his face, and then he's in shadows, and then it like mm. cuts back to his face in the light. I think you know what I'm talking about, but I don't want to spoil it for people. Yeah, it's so good. It's like so clever for them. like it's it's a really fun episode. Yeah, it's always like one of the best when you see a list. So um, okay, what else you got? <laughs> uh, so really, I've got like one episode for almost every villain that I really love. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, Mad as a Hatter, I really like. Okay, yeah, I'm trying to. That's the one where does he kidnap the Mad Hatter? He kidnaps the girl Alice, and he has a bunch of hench people who he's just—they're just people he's brainwashed and dressed up as characters from Alice in Wonderland. It's really crazy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, That's a great one. Um, If you're so smart, why aren't you rich? Which is like the introduction of the Riddler. Is that the one with the maze? Yes, that is one of my favorites i don't know i that one i thought might have been underrated i think i'm wrong i don't know but like every time it came on as a kid i was so excited i was like yes it's the riddler episode because the riddler was like my favorite character in this series he's great on the show and that's why i'm hoping another thing about the batman is that they do the riddler well although he will not be like this riddler because this riddler is like you know more like 60s because he has like the goofy outfit and he's kind of whereas this new one is like the zodiac killer right (laughs) he's like a serial killer so it'll be a little different but that that maze episode. Remember, I thought that maze looked the coolest thing I've ever seen. I was like, this is like the coolest oh, I episode. Love, um, I love that one. Um, and that one like really got me tense as a kid. Like uh, the suspense with like the Minotaur coming after him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. It's, it's so, like, so great. Also, here's a fun little fact I learned. Um, the Riddler had the fewest appearances of any villain in this series. And it's because um, 
writing a really good detective story around his riddles and everything proved really hard to do in a 20 minute format. That makes sense, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and and that's out. why it, it was just a tough writing job for them to do. So he made the fewest appearances. I think they could have done a few two or three partners with him to get around that. But yeah, yeah. Figures can't be choosers. <laughs> um, let's see. The introduction of the scarecrow, nothing to fear. Okay. Yeah. The, they did good scarecrow stuff on the animated series, too. Like, I thought yeah. those were all really good episodes. Yeah. And the Scarecrow was like another one of my favorite villains. Um, now this one, it has the introduction of like one of the most famous lines from the series when he's just like, I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. <laughs> I got to see Kevin Conroy do that live at a convention. Uh, he, mm. stood up, he stood up on like the, a chair or a table just and did it and everybody lost their minds. <laughs> like, As they should. Uh, yeah, it was pretty great. Um, Okay, cool. What um, else you got? <laughs> obvious one we gotta mention: Heart of Ice. Yes, that another great thing the show did was give Mister Freeze. They, they made up yes. this backstory for him, right? Yes, the tragic backstory was originated in this series, right? Because okay. before he was just he was just a goofy, crazy <laughs> who froze people, right? <laughs> of like the sixties or something. Yeah, um, and that that episode has one of the best lines that is like it's not really a pun because it's like a really tragic line. Uh, it's when he's like looking at the snow globe with his wife in it. And he says, I can only hope that you hear me somewhere and will forgive me somewhere where a warm hand waits for mine. Yeah. See, these were emotions that I don't think other shows were like presenting to children. These really deeply sad things happening. They were just like, fuck it. We're not going to talk down to these kids. Give them some sad. <laughs> like mm -hmm. yeah it's so good yeah another great like giving that backstory for mr freeze yeah um uh, these are all on my list too i don't have to do a list i think we'll have all my episodes on on your list so okay cool yeah. um well i don't want to i don't want to hog it but um it's yeah, okay i'm just agreeing with what you're saying so we might just do two birds one stone here so cool uh one of the later season episodes uh when they had that new animation style uh mad love i don't was that a poison ivy that's the one uh this is like the later this is like season four mm -hmm. it's the one where um harley quinn details like how she first met the joker and oh, okay. it really it really depicts them having like a very toxic domestic abuse relationship mm -hmm. and how like she keeps coming back to her and keeps saying it's her fault right so okay it, yeah it's really dark but mm -hmm. it's a great episode um so then another one that really creeped me out, these next two really creeped me out as a kid, uh, Eternal Youth, which is one where Alfred like gets tickets to go to some resort that'll like pamper him. Dude. Yeah. You know what's so funny? I, I feel like off the top of my head, I never watched them. That was one of the episodes I did not like as a kid. <laughs> yes. Okay. It creeped me out, like seeing humans turned into like tree bark. I'm like, oh, as a oh, small child, yeah. it horrified me. <laughs> Well, I don't, it's funny because, yeah, I know it was kind of creepy, but I, I meant like, I don't think I liked it. I thought it was boring, I think. Oh, okay. Because I, it's very focused on Alfred, right? Uh, yeah. So I think I remember but, the kid being like, ah, I don't like this Alfred-centered episode. <laughs> I, I like well, it more, as, I like it more now, but as a kid, I was like, eh. <laughs> okay, well, and I got to tell you, when I was a kid, and I'm bringing up this next episode, I like, when I was a kid, I was scared to watch any episode that had the Joker because he scared me as a kid. And I don't, <laughs> and I don't know why, but like I liked all the creepy stuff Scarecrow get Scarecrow did, but something that really creeped me out. It just 
the idea of the Joker like forcing people to like laugh themselves to death and have this creepy grin horrified me as a kid. It's scary. And you just remind me, I didn't mention the whole time I talked about Mask of the Phantasm, that Ma- the Phantasm scared me as a kid, especially with that voice. It was Stacey Keach oh, yeah. the voice. It was like, when your angel of death awaits. And I was like, yeah. yeah. I was like, <laughs> creeped out yeah. as a kid. Yeah. Um, it was intense. Um, it was intense stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, again, it. but you know what? I, I, I kind of admire shows that sort of began to like creep kids out like it said hey kids can handle some scary stuff right right that's yeah they they shouldn't like shy away from that stuff you know but um Um, yeah but the episode i'm bringing up is last laugh which is which is the one where like joker just releases this gas that's got everyone in town just laughing Mm -hmm. hysterically and he's got this captain clown character that's like a giant robot that's coming after batman yep yep Um, okay, I got two more here. Okay. Um, obviously, Two-Face, the two-parter about Two-Face's origin. That's a great one, yeah. <laughs> and he's got his big, bad Harv alter ego. Mm-hmm. And then my last one I got here, uh, do you have any more? It depends on what you say for this. I have two that you ever mentioned that I want to mention, and that's it. Everything okay. else uh, you've covered. So. Okay. Oh, three, actually, um, possibly. We'll see. <laughs> okay, well, this one that I want to mention, I actually don't think you'll have this one. You might. Okay. But it's a lesser-known villain that was created for the show. It's an episode called Baby Doll. Oh, that is a good one. I forgot about that one. It's a yeah, great yeah. episode <laughs> with just this like woman who was like a child star, but she's got this disease, so she doesn't grow properly, and she's just eternally a young child, and she's trying to like relive her glory days of being on the show, and she kidnaps the cast. Great episode. Yeah. Um... And it's kind of fucked up, isn't it? It's like a, it's kind of like, it's like kind of intense, like creepy, or I I feel like it's like a fucked up thing too. I can't remember that episode where you're like, oh, this is like, yeah, she was like got him tied up. She has him like tied up and like sitting at the dinner table in their old costumes. Yeah, it's a weird one. I'm like, oh, this is weird. But um, okay, there's one called Blind as a Bat, and I can't, I think it's a penguin thing. Batman loses his vision at the beginning of the episode and he's blind. You remember this one? He has like, we're like an electronic thing so he can kind of yeah. see in red he sees like in like a weird like and yeah so he gets it mm-hmm. back to like temporary um uh, that's a good one two of my all-time favorites uh the gray ghost oh with adam west adam west plays his character yes. the gray ghost can't believe i forgot that one bruce wayne's like childhood hero and they team up um because there's like a bomber on the loose and someone's like copying a thing from Episodes the Great Ghost of the Great TV Ghost, yeah. series, yeah. And Adam West, it's a great in kind of in joke with Adam West playing this guy, and it's so good. It's really fun. Um, there's a great, there's a great moment in that he like shows him. It's kind of creepy how he shows him his shrine to the Gray Ghost. Oh yeah, <laughs> but it's of, uh, yeah. Go ahead, sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. But um, but there's a great line where like Adam West, as the actor, says like, "I'm not the Gray Ghost." He's like, "I can see that now." <laughs> yeah like he really doesn't want to be this character anymore it's like it's like he's washed up and it's all he has and um i don't think much of bruce wayne is like a collector of stuff but he has like old great ghost <laughs> like you know yeah. memorabilia um and maybe my favorite or definitely one of my all-time favorites because i always think about it uh per chance to dream oh yeah it's it's i mean it's obviously dreams in the title it's like is he dreaming is he having a nightmare he's kind of imagining having like this normal life kind of goes back to how he wants to have a normal life but he doesn't he's married his parents are alive in this thing his he's i think he's, he's married, married to selena kyle. kyle um there's something i've never forgotten in there there's a thing about like you know you're in a dream if uh 
like words are backwards. If you can't read anything, then you know, or the yeah. words are, the letters are jumbled, then you know you're in a dream. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like, it's such a good, like clever episode that kind of, again, plays that whole, like, what if Bruce Wayne was happy scenario? What if Batman was happy? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, so uh, yeah, that's an all-time favorite. Um, yeah, so I think everything else you mentioned, I'm sure there's one, there's so many good ones. I was thinking it's kind of show where it's like, having a bad episode is like the rarity there's probably yeah, like it's like it's like the twilight zone you're every episode you're just like oh this is a really good one right there's probably like less than five out of like the 80 something they made that are i would say were not great and i can't even top my head but you know but they're all yeah usually good to great so um, um another one i remember i just remember that sort of creeped me out as a kid is um it's called tiger tiger and it was just like it was sort of a parody of the island of dr moreau oh, i remember this one yeah like half yeah, and animal. Catwoman is like turned into like a real Catwoman. <laughs> yeah, like half person, half tiger, cat, or something. Yeah, it's like yeah, this like borderline body horror story they did. Yeah, it's intense stuff, man. That they got away with for a kid show. I, I, you know, it's just it's interesting um, how they pulled this stuff off. But I'm glad they did because it's great. It's high quality all around. I'll tell you, uh, it's like um, yeah. uh, it's so good. Yeah, so I'm I love Master Phantasm. You do too. I obviously we love um, the we love the animated series. As yeah, I hope people don't mind us nerding out too much about the animated series and Batman and all this stuff. Cause uh yeah, it's it's just you know, it's what we do. Yeah. And we hopefully we talked enough about the movie. I think we did. Yeah, I mean it's not a very long movie, so there's not a whole lot to talk yeah. about. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's great. It's yeah, it's you know, I love it. And I hope the Batman is good in a month. I will see. So yeah. <laughs> just um very excited. I for got it. high hopes. I do too. I'm very excited for it. Uh is it is it gonna be rated R? I think I heard that. But no, no, wrong. people wanted it to, and then it wasn't, and they were disappointed. But I thought, like, did you really think they were gonna make an R-rated Batman movie? Like they still they yeah. again at the end of the day, they still want to be able to market this to like younger kids you know it's like and sell toys i haven't seen any the batman toys but it's always i think on the table you know even with like batman or superman it was like there's toys dark knight there's toys like mm-hmm. no matter how dark and gritty batman is it's like you know there's gonna be merchandise there's a fucking little caesar's pizza called like the have you seen this it's like oh yes it's shaped in the batman logo like the bat zone like it's a calzone a bat a pizza i don't know it's so fucking weird but i'm like it's so stupid, a dark gritty it. movie and they have a little caesar's tie-in but so yeah, I never thought it was gonna be rated R. Like I know it looked really dark, but I'm like, they'll they'll pull their punches and make it P13. Like and they can also, still make it, it. Yeah. Does does it still have that nearly three hour runtime? That was confirmed. It does. It's gonna be like almost three hours Ooh. long. Which alrighty. I know. Normally, I'm very big on advocating short runtimes, but for some reason, I'm like, eh, I I trust them. Well, I don't all know. the characters that are fitting into it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It I just. I hope it's really good. Uh, or in that three-hour runtime, it's so funny. This was seventy-six minutes. And that was gonna be three hours. It's like, <laughs> complete, you know, complete opposite sides of the uh, runtime. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's exciting. Um, I can't think of what else. Anything else to say? Do you have anything else uh, you want to bring up before we wrap up? Uh, just love Mask of the Phantasm. Really looking forward to the Batman. Yeah, yeah. We should probably uh, do more anime movies every once in a while, too. <laughs> so, yeah. work some animated stuff in here. Uh, I, I do want to still do Into the Spider-Verse eventually. That's uh, um, it's a great movie. So, yeah. Um, yeah always up is, there. With, that is, and that is in my top three of Spider-Man that's movies. That's up there for me with Spider-Man movies, too. I'm like, it's got it. It's so good. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. So, um, yeah, this was a ton of fun, though. I'm glad we got to just talk about uh, Batman animated series for, like, an hour. <laughs> 
So yeah. <laughs> uh, still one of our shorter episodes. So go, go us. We didn't go for three hours or anything. <laughs> so <laughs> Hey, if we're doing an hour and a half, I'm like we're doing a great job on this show. So, uh, um, so yeah. Uh, did you want to plug anything or <laughs> I know you're uh, still not on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> nope. Nope. Uh, don't have much to plug. Just um, doing, doing my thing. <laughs> um. No, uh, yeah, you like wrap up some... every time just doing my thing as usual <laughs> like every time that's right say. <laughs> no but i uh but i appreciate you having me back on it it had uh, been a while but i'm happy i was able to come back to this one yeah sorry it's been so long it just oh no <laughs> you're... uh you're I... a popular boy <laughs> i suppose i don't know i uh I, it's, I was telling somebody how podcast time is weird because like it feels like a constant grind but time gets away from you very quickly. Like mm-hmm. you'll swear that you just talked to somebody a month ago and then you look and you're like, Oh no, it's been like six months or you see something like, right. uh, um, I just had Carmelita back on a couple weeks ago and I could, we both could have sworn it had not been that long, but she hadn't been on since like July of last year. And it was January now, 2022. We're like, how did that happen? Like, um, so yeah, it's just podcast time is weird, but uh, absolutely. So, um, I was gonna joke too. What if I just made you a Twitter, like a fake Ken Walker Twitter? <laughs> and I'm just and I and I keep plugging it, but I'm like, oh, guys, trust me, I'm I am I personally am not going to see any of this. Yeah, I'm not posting any of this stuff. I just post random nonsense that you're like yeah. people are like Ken's click really articles get posted yeah yeah click articles for, for people who don't know what click hole is just google it just check it out nonsense site that we love uh i just i just think a rant thing is i post like that people are really ken's really into collecting chia pets or something <laughs> i have a whole beanie baby collection i really bought into that whole thing that they were going to be super expensive <laughs> you just uh, you just uh held on to them because you're like one day they'll go back up it's, yep, along with all my Tamagotchis. A lot, lot of 90s stuff I just got here. Yeah, pff, pogs are coming. Uh, so, um, oh boy. Uh, all right, well, yeah, for our stuff, uh, the usual. Uh, you can follow uh, the podcast on Twitter at Film Feast Pod. You can follow me on Twitter at Maplet87. Um, and you can follow me and the podcast on Instagram at Film Feast, all one word. Um, and that's it for this week. And we will talk to you guys next time. Bye, everybody. <laughs>